Who Gets to Decide, a liberty-based podcast that brings a little piece of sanity to a confused society drowning in a culture of craziness. And here is your host, Seth Martin. All right, what's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Who Gets to Decide. This is episode 399, and it is Super Bowl Sunday, getting ready to sit down and watch the big game. Uh, I have no idea who's going to win. Uh, for those of you that know me, know me as someone who doesn't know that much about sports. But I do appreciate a good game every now and then. And so I like to watch the big games, uh, whatever the sport. I watch the World Series. I watch the Super Bowl. I watch some of the playoffs. I even watch some of the hockey um, stuff at the end for the uh, the Stanley Cup. So I'm a big sports fan. I like good competition. I like to watch a good game. I just don't spend a lot of time watching the games throughout the season. It just requires too much time, and they've got to make some sacrifices here and there. So, anyway, uh, Super Bowl Sunday between the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs, and may the best team win. I hope it's a good game. I'm looking forward to watching it. All right. Well, I don't know if you guys know who this – Yuval Noah Harari is. He's a he's a public intellectual from Israel. He's kind of Klaus Schwab's right hand guy. You know, he's you always see him with Klaus Schwab at the WF. And I just want to introduce this group to this guy because this is a, in my opinion, a very dangerous individual. Um, his ideas are very dangerous, and we've talked about. Ideas, ideas in general can't hurt people. There's nothing wrong with having bad ideas. But when you put them, when you, when you join those bad ideas with the coercive power of the government and its monopoly on violence, bad things tend to happen. And uh, this guy is very connected to governments, government authority. Uh, he's been speaking at the WEF now for years, and he's considered one of the foremost intellectuals on this transhumanism. And um, although he doesn't really have any classical education on any of this stuff, he's mostly like a, a sociologist. You know, he's written books on Homo sapiens and um, the the progression of um, of knowledge. Uh, as it as it's kind of generated itself among human beings and he doesn't really have any knowledge of this what he refers to as transhumanism but he's he's on fire about it he loves it and I think what's interesting about this talk that I'm going to expose you to today is he's kind of taken a step back from the all the speaking he's done on transhumanism and he's it's like he's taking a step back because he's gotten some pushback, right? I mean, he's talking some crazy stuff and people are pushing back. So what he's done is he's retreated to a place to discuss rights. What are human rights? And um, I have a lot of criticism for what this guy's talking about. And I thought I would share it with the audience here because um, guys like this, in my opinion, especially because he's so connected to government, can be very, very, very dangerous. And um, 
you need to be on the lookout for this guy. But I wanted to play a little bit from this talk today uh, that I saw online and and comment on it. Now, you know, Tucker Carlson had just interviewed uh, Vladimir Putin, and I want to talk about that, but I need some time to go through the interview in more detail. It's a very long interview, and uh, I do want to critique it and talk about it with this audience, but I just haven't had time to do it. So um, we're going to start with this Yuval Noah Harari. Be on the lookout for this guy. Beware of this guy and his ideas. He's very persuasive, and he has a huge following, and it seems like he's getting more and more famous and influential with every passing day. All right, we're going to jump right into Yuval Noah Harari. Many, maybe most, legal systems are based on this idea, this belief in human rights. But human rights are just like heaven and like God. It's just a fictional story that we've invented and spread around. It may be a very nice story. It may be a very attractive story. We want to believe it. But it's just a story. It's not a reality. It is not a biological reality. Just as jellyfish and woodpeckers and ostriches have no rights, homo sapiens have no rights also. Okay. So rights, human rights, are just a story, like heaven and God and so on and so forth. And in some sense, he's right. Okay, so let me, let me, let me say that. Like, in the same sense that human rights are a story, the United States government, or we the people, is also a story. In other words, there's not a thing that you can point to and say that is the United States. So this is this is kind of a, a philosophical thing that people get into, like how do you know something's real, or you know it, it has to do with um, something called epistemology. And epistemology is the study of truth. How do we know something's true, or how do we know something actually exists as a, as opposed to just being something in our mind? And so he, this is what he's getting into, okay? But I want to back up and I want to talk about the practical reasons for human rights or rights in general. Where do rights come from? Rights come from uh, the existence of property. And in, in a sense, you own your body, okay? You own your own body. Uh, said another way, um, if there's going to be a decision made about how your body gets used, who should make that decision? Well, you should, because no other person has a more, uh, has a higher claim on your body than you do. Okay. That's, so you have the right not to be killed. For example, you, you don't have the right to life. Like, like you can't assert, you can't be sick from cancer and assert that I have a right to life and somebody must cure me. That's not what a right to life is. What a right to life is, is you have the right not to be killed, okay? You have the right to have your life preserved and not be taken by some somebody else or something else. And so these rights exist, though, even though 
technically speaking, in in, a, in an epistemological epistemological is that how you say that? Whatever. From that perspective, yes, it's true that that we can't point to something called human rights. But this is something that has been developed uh, for the purposes of, of human beings dealing with one another. Okay, so if there if there are no human rights, then then there's no way for human beings to deal with one another in a way that's uh, that's um, not coercive and bar you know barbarian like. And so this is this is what's missing from his his subject and. I think this is a little bit of a misdirection here. He's he's kind of dazzling, but like like you can't actually refute everything he says uh, because he's talking in the in the philosophical realm. But when you're dealing in in practical life, day to day life, yeah, okay, uh, jellyfish and whatever else he said have no more rights than we do. But also in the animal world. It's, it's survival of the fittest. I mean, if you're weak, you have a broken limb or something, you're going to get eaten by the lion on the Serengeti, right? <laughs> I mean, that's the animal world. Uh, and, and, of course, human beings could treat each other that way. That is an option. Uh, we, could, we could, be, we could uh, uh, adjust our behavior to our lowest biological uh, entity kind of common denominator situation and we could live like that but what we've decided to do is live cooperatively and if you're going to live cooperative cooperatively you have to have some sort of legal framework for dealing with one another I mean it's either you deal with each other cooperatively inside some sort of legal framework or you deal with people coercively like the government does and this is he's not talking about that right he's 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 contrasting it with uh the biological differences between the animal world and the human being world and that is not actually helpful um in 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 western civilization as we know it okay what what that is is that's antithetical to western civilization and of course he doesn't talk about that but it is that i mean you're talking about um the strong man survive you know the the the, the toughest gang in the neighborhood that's that's the world he's talking about when he contrasts the legal framework of, of human rights with the the animal kingdom dog eat dog world of barbarism and coercive uh, monopoly on violence. Take a human, cut him open, look inside, you find their blood and you find the heart and lungs and kidneys, but you don't find there any rights. The only place you find rights is in the fictional stories that humans have invented and spread around. Well, you know, of course, if you cut a human being open, you don't find a little compartment with human rights inside. Again, this is, this is something, this is an invention of the Enlightenment, of the beginning of Western civilization. I mean, this is, this is something that we had to arrive at uh, to, to learn how to flourish. Now, he, he's, 
he's doing a little magician trick, right? He's he wants you to think that these things are unimportant. The, these things are not important for the survival of Western civilization. Well, I would submit to you that he's not advocating for that. If you if you go listen to some other things this guy's talking about, he thinks that the next generation is going to be uh, some sort of transhuman existence where uh, AI and microprocessors are integrated with the human body in such a way as to improve uh, human existence. And, of course, this is not human at all. This is what's called transhuman. And he's a big advocate of all this stuff. So in order to get somebody to, you know, embed a computer in, in their body, let's say, and have it share dominion over that body, you have to first convince somebody that rights are just stories and they're not real things. And so therefore they shouldn't be something that we're concerned about. But this is, this is a manipulation on his part. And he has reasons for doing that. And his, his reasons are, well, his agenda is more of this transhumanism. And I just think this is a very dangerous thing. He's not, strictly speaking, saying anything that's incorrect. Uh, he's just taking it out of context, I guess is the best. He's, he's having an epistemological discussion, but then he's conflating that with legal framework. And, and human flourishing and Western civilization and how we interact with one another. What is the proper way to interact with one another? This is a different discussion. This is not, you know, when you're having a discussion like that, that's not an epistemological discussion. So he's conflating these things and trying to be manipulative. And, and you know, sometimes really, really smart people, this is, this is what they do. And this guy, make no mistake, is very, very smart. He knows exactly what he's doing. And so I wanted to kind of send up a flare about this guy because – you need to be on the lookout for this guy and all the people, his circle, his circle of friends. These are very, very dangerous people, in my opinion, and very dangerous for liberty, very dangerous for Western civilization. These people uh, have no issues with experimenting on you as individuals. They, they don't see any problem with that. It's, it's no different than running a biological experiment in their lab. And uh, as far as they're concerned, in fact, this guy's actually said this, that the vast majority of human beings are just useless eaters. That's quote-unquote Yuval Noah Harari. So anyway, let's, uh, let's let him wrap up, and I'll close up with uh, some uh, finishing comments. And the same thing is also true in the political field. States and nations are also, like human rights, and like God, and like heaven, they too are, are, are just stories. A mountain is a reality. You can see it, you can touch it, you can even smell it. But Israel or the United States, they are just stories, very powerful stories, stories we might want to believe very much, but still they are just stories. You can't really see the United States. You cannot touch it, you cannot smell it. Now, with this particular segment, I actually agree with him. There is no, there is no such thing as the United States, okay, Epistemolog epistemologically speaking. 
it it's not it, it's a story it's a construct it's a it's a legal construct we have these boundaries they're very arbitrary uh, the people on one side of the boundary are not that different from the people on the other side of the boundary, but then they're subject to a different set of laws and so on and so forth. This is not, uh, states in general are not necessary for human flourishing, and they're not necessary for human beings to deal with one another. Um, I'm not so sure why he brings this up, because I don't see how this uh, furthers his argument other than to just try to undermine people's thinking about, you know, their country and what their country is supposed to do for them. But I think he's absolutely right. I mean, one of the reasons, you know, like on this show, I, I allude to this a lot. Like we don't actually need a government to flourish as a people or to have freedom. The government actually does not ensure our freedom, our liberty. It only, it, only, it only gives us, well, it doesn't give us liberty. What it does is it says that it will protect our liberty from it, from the government itself, in very specific ways. Like, you have a right to bear arms, or you have the right to speak freely. And these are... These are prohibitions. These are not so much liberties given to us because we have these anyway, right? These are liberties that they say they will not infringe upon. They, the government. And so, but it's not necessary. The, 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 the government itself is not necessary for us to have those freedoms or those liberties. Now, it, it's true that it is a story that we believe that, okay, collectively as a nation, we believe that the, that the government was founded to protect those liberties. And that's, that's just not the case. I mean, you can, you, can, you can have those liberties without a government. In fact, there are places on earth that have almost, I mean, there's still governments, but the governments are so um, non-existent in their, in their encroachment on liberty that it, it, it's it's just as easy to say that they they don't have any impact whatsoever. So again, I don't know why he's bringing this up because I don't I don't see that as is really helpful to his his cause. This guy really he the way he talks and everything reminds me of the eugenicists of the early twentieth uh, century, and eugenicism was something that came about. Um, as we started to know more biology, right? We started to know that there was a genetic code and that the genetic code could be altered or we at least theorized that it could be altered. So then people started to theorize that, that some races were more superior than others. Like the black race, for somehow, some reason, is just not uh, up to snuff with, let's say, the white race. People actually... They, they actually thought this. This was part of their thinking. And, and this is what led this, this. I mean, you can draw a straight line through eugenicism all the way through to the Holocaust. Okay? So these, these types of ideas are very, very dangerous ideas, especially when you couple them with the monopoly power 
on coercion that governments tend to have over its populations. And then you add the war machine on top of it, you know, the, the fact that we have standing armies and things like that. And you've got a real recipe uh, for disaster. So you have to be very, very careful about people like Yuval Noah Harari and his gang of, I don't know, super intelligent idiots. <laughs> That's what I like to call them. Um, they just don't have any common sense. They think the world is there for them to theorize about and experiment with and manipulate um, so that they can, their own ideas, they can bring their own ideas into existence. And I just, guys like this just make my skin crawl. You know, they're just very, uh, and they're, and let me just tell you, here's another common trait with people like this. They're always extremely connected to government. This guy probably sits on some sort of advisory committee in Israel, okay, the state of Israel. He probably advises people, well, he definitely advises people at the WEF, and there's hundreds of governments represented there. So these are just very dangerous people, and especially, like I said, when they're connected with government. And this guy is very well connected uh, to governments around the world. So anyway... Uh, I wanted to just, if you hadn't heard of this guy, I wanted to expose expose you to him and give you a flavor of how manipulative some of his talks are. And you can go listen to some of them. Uh, you can listen to, I, I'd encourage you to go listen to some of them on transhumanism and his ideas around that and his ideas around people and um, uh, uh, global, you know, he's one of these, glo he's a globalist, okay? He's a globalist. He says that, you know, there's billions of useless eaters on the planet. What are we going to do with all these people? Um, you know, he's one of these guys that's, in my opinion, is trying to, you know, he's scheming to wipe out two-thirds of the population somehow. That's, that's what he would like to do. Or turn two-thirds of the population into robots in such a way that they don't eat and don't demand any resources, but can still do a lot of work. That's that's where Yuval Noah Harari's head is. So go listen to some more stuff on him. In fact, I'll 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 just put a couple of clips, YouTube clips in the show notes page for you. Uh, so you don't even have to go search very far. But uh, I would encourage you to make sure you know this guy and and be very guarded about what he's talking about because it's it's, it's dangerous. It's very, very dangerous. These types of things have happened numerous times in history where people, uh, really smart people, theorize all kinds of stuff that's not rooted in any kind of tradition or, um, you know, human rights in this particular case, what he's, what he's, what he's trying to tear down. And these are, that's a great term, actually, tear down. He's actually trying to tear down Western civilization. Um, the, the traditions that have led, I mean, think about how long it's taken to arrive at, you know, this place that we are in, in Western civilization. I mean, you, you've got the, the Greeks, the Romans, uh, you know, these huge empires, we had the dark ages. What were the dark ages all about? Well, it was a period of regress where, you know, bad ideas took hold and uh, tyranny took over, and, and people didn't do so well. 
during the Dark Ages. And then we had the Enlightenment. What was the Enlightenment? Well, the Enlightenment, you know, our founding fathers were part of the Enlightenment. The Enlightenment was a, as a time for bringing back liberty and, and understanding tyranny in a, in a deeper way and setting up frameworks to guard against it and so on and so forth. So um, anyway, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, I don't really have much more to say about it. We might dig up something on Yuval Noah Harari. It's a mouthful. Uh, at a later date, and I might kind of bring him up again. But, um, yeah, just keep your eye out for this guy. All right? Everybody, thanks for coming in. Go uh, watch the Super Bowl. Have a good time. Peace.